Greetings, and welcome to the Continental Drift. I'm Andy Valver. Well, there is no end to the horrific stories coming out of Ukraine. But I'm also buoyed by the amazing and uplifting stories that are coming from there. And I have to say that I'm truly amazed by the journalists who are risking their lives to tell those stories. And in spite of all the reputable and confirmed videos coming out of Ukraine, there are still those who cast doubt on events there. There's a manipulated video of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky calling on citizens to surrender to Russia. It's been shared online. And it's been viewed over 100,000 times. Last week, I talked about the fog of words. Now there's a fog of photos and a fog of videos. Folks, check your news sources. If you see something, don't just click and forward it. Make sure that it's reputable. Make sure that it's from a source you know or trust. Anyway, there are enough people talking about Ukraine, so I'm going to take a break from Ukraine this week and talk about traveling. Of course, there are those who are traveling right now who did not choose to travel but had to. However, the non-refugees who are going to travel are the people that I'm going to talk about. Summer's coming, and even though COVID still lurks, people are eager to travel again. People miss seeing new sights, trying new foods, seeing new sunsets. And while some used to say that getting there is half the fun, I'm not so sure about that. Traveling these days is a chore. I passed through London's Heathrow Terminal 5 the other day on my way home. Terminal 5, for those of you who don't know, is a huge new splendor of a terminal. In fact, it's not really a terminal. It's a mall that just happens to have gates from which airplanes leave. And as with every airport, there is security. But at Heathrow, they've taken it to a whole nother level. I was standing in security. From the time I put all my stuff in the bin and pushed it onto the conveyor belt to pass through the x-ray machine until I got my stuff back after they'd looked at it, it was 25 minutes. If I'd had a tight connection, I would have missed that flight. And don't get me started on how they cavity searched an 80-year-old grandmother in a wheelchair. Kidding. But they did just about everything else. Oddly enough, the guy who was working the x-ray machine saw my clear plastic toiletries bag and asked me if he could borrow it to demonstrate to all the other people waiting to go through security what an ideal bag was. Was I thrilled about him holding up my Cialis and Rogaine and Preparation H for all the world to see? No. But I figured if I was the poster boy for toiletry bags, fine. That meant I could get through security faster. And of course, in spite of me being the toiletry poster boy, they pulled my bag out for further scrutiny. Lovely. 25 minutes. I would suggest giving Heathrow a miss if you can. My other pet peeve when it comes to traveling is haberdashery. 
Yes, I'm talking about clothing or the lack thereof. Okay, I fully admit that right now I'm going to sound like a grumpy old man. But seriously, I am amazed at what some people consider acceptable attire for traveling these days. I'm not sure how it happened, but somehow over the last few years, some passengers have confused a flight on a plane with a trip to the gym. I'm sorry, but Sopranos casual is not appropriate travel attire. And unless you're one of the beastie boys, don't dress like one. Yes, I miss the elegance of travel. And I'm familiar with a time when travel was elegant. I used to fly on Pan Am regularly. I worked for Pan Am. I will admit that the lack of care that passengers put into their travel attire is partly the fault of the airlines themselves. Ever smaller seats crammed together on a plane makes it harder to be comfortable. I get it. A couple of months ago, I was in the Lufthansa Business Class Lounge in Frankfurt, and there were two couples there. The men were wearing shorts. They could just as well have been swim trunks, flip-flops, and tank-top t-shirts. And yes, regrettably, they were American. I cringed. I've thought long and hard about this problem, and I think I have arrived at a solution. I doubt it will be a popular one, but here it is. The European Union is going to have to adopt a dress code. Show up in sweatpants and flip-flops at any gateway entry port and you will be denied entry. Sent back on the first available flight so you can spend your vacation at Walmart. And as long as we're at it, why not have a two-drink minimum and a cover charge? I know this sounds outrageous, but believe it or not, there is a precedence. The city of Venice, Italy, has already instituted a cover charge. That's right. You want to visit the legendary city of canals? You have to cough up five euros to get in. Okay. End of rant about traveling. And finally, let's talk about the poor oligarchs. When I think of the oligarchs and all that's happening to them these days, one word comes to mind. Karma. They essentially looted Russia, got all the big companies for pennies on the dollar, and have been living the high life ever since. And yes, there is all this talk of confiscating their assets, but trust me, they have plenty of cash stashed in places you and I will never find, nor will the authorities. And if they can't hang out in London or Miami or the south of France, they'll hang out in the UAE, in Dubai, Abu Dhabi. They and their money and their yachts and their planes are welcome there. But one of these days, it may all go south for them. And then they'll be flying commercial, just like the rest of us. And they will be wearing Sopranos casual. That's it for this week. Thanks for giving me some of your precious time. I'm Andy Valver, and this is The Continental Drift.